As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sinners, let's go down, let's go My name is Carrie Walls. I've been coming to Emmanuel for about seven years now. I was raised Catholic, but started coming to Emmanuel when I was dating Casey, my now husband, who did not have a home church. He had been to Emmanuel with a friend of his years earlier, and the church was close to where he lived at the time, so that's how we chose Emmanuel. Before I received Christ, I would say I led a pretty safe life and would consider myself to be a good person. I came from an amazing family who taught me about God, and we went to church every Sunday. Faith and family were important to my family and in my community growing up. In college, I met a group of girls in my physical therapy class that were very open about their faith in Jesus. I was fascinated by the openness they had to share about the love and sacrifice of Christ. I knew I wanted to learn more and this is where my desire to have a relationship with Jesus began to grow. When we started coming to Emmanuel and listening to Danny's messages, I began to understand the first time the true meaning of the gospel. I learned that eternal life was not reached by how good of a person I was or what things I was doing to be a good person, but that Christ had already done that for me by dying on the cross for my sins. As weeks passed and I began to understand the depth of his love for me as a sinner, I asked for forgiveness of my sins and placed my faith in him. Becoming a believer does not mean that your life will no longer have challenges or difficulties, as I still really struggle with control, worry, and anxiety at times. But I now have a peace and joy in knowing that he will be there to help me and have faith that he has a plan for everything that happens in my life. By reading the Bible, having accountability in small group, prayer, and listening to the messages on Sunday, I continue to grow into a deeper relationship with God. I believe not just intellectually in God, but I believe him to be faithful. He has done amazing things in my life, especially in the last five years. Things that can only be explained by the power of God, including my marriage and the birth of my daughter. The birth of my daughter has helped me to truly understand the unconditional love that God has for me. I continue to seek him daily and pray for his wisdom and guidance in my life. I know that God created me for a purpose, and that is to glorify him. I know that while I might not have a testimony that's full of crazy stories of drugs and transformation that I matter to God. I know that he has a plan for my life. I want to be baptized today to show others that this relationship is real and to be a testimony in my own way. I want to serve him and live my life in a way that honors him and reflects the gratitude I have for all that he has done for me. Hi, I'm Brenda Mason. I came to Emmanuel as a guest of John, whom I was dating at the time. And John and I are now married. As a young person in our United Methodist Church, at age 11, I was baptized. And I was saved when I was in high school. My life prior to being saved was fairly typical teen. Making the decision to receive Christ as my savior was one of the first decisions I made as a young soon to be adult about my future. It was very empowering. In high school, I was involved in a youth organization called Young Life. 
at one of their events, I remembered knowing that God was speaking to me, that he wanted me as one of his children. I accepted him into my life and asked for his forgiveness. It's been a long time since I trusted Christ. There are times that I've not walked very closely to God, but I always knew in my heart that God was calling to me. He was trying to get my attention and using me to do his work, even though I wasn't always listening and aware. After attending Emmanuel for about a year, I realized I wanted a deeper relationship with Christ. Knowing that relationships are two-way street, John and I began looking for ways to become involved and in turn closer to God. We read about Next on the website and we decided to join a small group. We are now actively engaged in a really great small group that is helping us grow in Christ. After that, we attended one of the next meetings where the Emmanuel staff helped us figure out that grabbing a towel was a natural step for us. We signed up for the host team, which has been a really good fit for us. We feel blessed to have this opportunity to deepen our relationship with God by serving. I want to be baptized today to demonstrate my dedication to a closer walk with God. My name is Lane Foley, and I am nine years old. I have been coming to Emmanuel with my family since I was born. Before I trusted Christ, I would worry a lot. I would worry about school. I would worry that bad things would happen to my family or me. One night in the spring of 2014, my brother and parents were talking about Jesus and having him in your life and trusting him as, as your savior. I started asking my parents lots of questions. I learned what Jesus did for me and I wanted to give my life to him. My dad led me through the prayer to accept Jesus into my life. Now that I have Jesus in my life, when I get scared, I know that God is right there with me. I know that he wants to be in a relationship with me. I have learned to lean on him when I get scared and am afraid or worried. I want to be baptized to share with others the decision I have made. My name is Lane. My name is Macy Foley and I am seven years old. I have been coming to Emmanuel since I was born. I have always known about God, but there came a time when I wanted to start getting closer to him and talk more to him. In the winter of 2014, when I was six, I asked Jesus into my heart. I was with my mom and we were watching a movie about the life of Jesus. I was asking lots of questions, so we paused the movie and we went upstairs. And that is when I learned what Jesus did on the cross. I prayed and asked him into my heart. Since then, I've been praying and reading my Bible more. I have learned that he is with me wherever I am. I want to be baptized to share with others the decision I have made. Hi, uh, my name is Marshall. And my story is a little shorter than most, uh, but it is my story. So, uh, my sister had invited my family and I to Emmanuel several times, and I was always the one that turned her down because I never wanted to go. And after I finally accepted her offer, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Coming to church every Sunday has taught me to be the best person I could when before I was never ever the best person I could ever be. I lied, cheated, and I stole things that didn't belong to me. More than anything, I had rejected Christ. But after one very special day, that all changed. About two years ago, on the day of baptism, my sister Danielle had gotten baptized. And after that day, she was the happiest that she could ever be. And it made me so happy to see her like that. And I wanted to be that happy. I wanted that for myself 
And so I made the decision to finally turn my life around after all I've done. So um, when Danny asked us to pray with him, I did. And I got myself a one-year Bible. And I read it every day on New Year's Day. And it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. And after all of that reading, I finally asked my parents if I could be baptized. And now I'm here, and I'm ready to accomplish my mission of finding the perfect way of life. I blamed him for the broken relationship with my mom, and I didn't understand how he could let a child be so sad. How could he let my younger sister see my mom do the horrible things that she did? Why were we being punished because of her? I had struggled with that battle for a long time. The first day I came to Emmanuel, I thought it was cool, much different than the Church of Christ where I had grew up, so I decided to come back. After the second service I'd attended, I was hooked. I decided then that I was gonna make a conscious effort to change my life. It was almost like meeting God for the first time. I realized that the relationship I had with God could be so much greater. He had always been my go-to person when I was sad and lost, which I was lost for so long. Then I thought, what if he's my go-to person when I'm happy as well? What if I try some of the action steps that Danny gives us? I started doing some of those things and I noticed my attitude changing. My life has changed in so many ways since I received Christ two years ago. My outlook on life has changed the most. I've begun to consciously use scripture in my life and try to help others as well. Receiving Christ has helped me forgive my mom for my own peace and realize God was never punishing me. I was also able to see that I was blessed with a wonderful dad and our relationship is a blessing all in itself. Receiving Christ helped me know that God is watching me and loves me every step of the way. I have now decided to be baptized because I want to live for Jesus and I want to do the things he has intended for me in my life. My wife Heather and I and my stepdaughter Sarah started attending Emmanuel shortly after the Bandit Campus was built. We had been driving a considerable distance to get to our old church and were searching for something closer. The new building was less than a mile away from our house. It seemed almost too good to be true, so we decided to give it a try. The approach the staff at Emmanuel had to worship made us instantly feel like we had found our new church home. I take something away from each of Danny's sermons. One series in particular helped me realize how I needed to go to, to let go of the guilt I had been carrying with me due to past mistakes and missed opportunities. He helped me show, he helped show me how that guilt was causing problems within my family. Heather and I often argued while Sarah and I never talked about anything because of the way I handled stress. I felt as though I had not and could not accomplish anything. I knew I needed to make some changes if I was going to have a positive role in the lives of my family. I took some time, but I learned to let go of the guilt because I'm renewed in the spirit. It was not long afterwards that Danny had asked the congregation to repeat a prayer, accepting Jesus into our hearts. I felt this feeling of warmth and peace come over me as tears welled up in my eyes while repeating his words. I accepted Christ into my life that morning. Both Heather and Sarah have accepted Christ into their hearts as well. All three of us volunteer here at Emmanuel as often as possible. We are reading the one-year Bible to one another before going to bed, and we attend a small group, and I attend a men's group at the Greenwood campus as well. While my life is far from perfect, I feel far more at peace now than ever before. As a result, I am effectively communicating with my family. I know that we are all broken in some way, and it is only through knowing God's grace that we achieve eternal salvation. I want to be baptized today because through baptism I tell all publicly how I'm dedicated to serving my God and his word for the remainder of my life. My name is Corey. I first heard about Emmanuel from my cousin Brittany White after she started coming several years ago. She had invited me to come here with her and her husband last year, but I wasn't interested at the time. I only started attending here recently. My life before I received Christ was a complete wasteland. I was addicted to drugs and selling them to make money to support my habit. 
I was stressed out over everything and so unhappy. I was extremely depressed most of the time over feeling like I had lost my way. Eventually, that lifestyle caught up with me, and I was arrested for selling drugs last year. I wasn't happy about that, and it just made me feel even more depressed and hopeless. I wondered if I would ever find my way back. I had truly hit rock bottom. While I was sitting in jail, they had some outside people come in and do Bible studies. I started to attend and listen to them talk about God wanting to help us and change us. They talked about Jesus dying for our sins, and we needed to be forgiven. I started thinking about what that might mean for me and wondered if I had made too much of a mess out of my life for God to help me. Then one day while I was taking a shower, a feeling came over me that I needed for God to wash me clean. I realized that I needed help. I knew I could not keep doing life on my own. So feeling ashamed and depressed, I cried out to God and asked him to forgive me. I told him I wanted to believe in Jesus and asked him to change my life. I immediately knew that something had changed between me and God. That was about a year ago. I've felt clean and forgiven ever since then. I immediately started sharing my faith with other inmates and inviting them to come to Bible study with me. I wanted them to experience what I had experienced. I was released from jail a few months ago after spending about a year there. I'm excited about my relationship with Christ, and I'm looking forward to see what God will do with me. I have nothing but hope and faith as I restart my life. I want to be baptized today to let the world know that I have trusted in Christ, and I'm thankful for what he has done for me. from my daughter and her husband, John and Crystal Haley. They had started coming to Emmanuel about five years ago and said they loved it, so they invited me. I had seen how drastically their lives have been changing and was looking for something to help with my life, personally and in my marriage. So a little over a year ago, I decided to accept their invitation. I really enjoyed it, so I decided to keep coming back. I listened to the talk each week, and at the end of the service on my fourth visit, my daughter and her husband took me forward to meet Pastor Danny. We talked about what it means to have God in your life, having seen the radical changes God had done in my daughter and son-in-law's life. I decided that is what I wanted also. That's when Danny helped me pray, and I asked Jesus to forgive me and come into my heart. My story is not one where an immediate change took place. Because of continuing difficulties at home, I began to make some bad choices. Those decisions affected my relationship with my husband and my grown children. My home life and relationships had been broken. I knew what I was doing was wrong and kept thinking that this is not God's plan for my life or my marriage. That just made me feel even worse as a person. My guilt and shame was overwhelming. I had stopped coming to church and had withdrawn from everyone and was feeling sad and lonely. My husband started coming to church here at Banta about seven months ago when John and Crystal invited him. He placed his faith in Christ and started to change also, and he's getting baptized today too. Um, It was after I watched him changing and all of them not giving up on me but still inviting me that I decided to come back. I wanted to be set free from living wrong and wanted to truly start living for God. So I came back five months ago and started fresh with God. Now my husband and I come here every week with my daughter and her husband along with my grandchildren. I know that we've come a long way and still have a ways to go, but it's still amazing to see what God has done for our family. I want to be baptized today to show my love for Jesus to the public and let God know how grateful I am that he didn't give up on me. My name is Sophia and I'm a middle school student at Perry Perry Meridian. Before I started my life with Jesus, I would have described myself as someone who is sad and confused. Sad because I saw so much negative stuff happening in the world and confused because I didn't know if there really was a God. With all that going on, Jesus was not the center of my attention. He wasn't even a thought in my mind. However, God knew me way before I knew him and he placed many people in my life to help me on my journey to know him more. He started with my friend Katie Jones. She was the one that invited me to middle school small groups here at the Banta campus, which caused me to wanna know a little more. 
So I started attending the middle school ministry and quickly found out that Jesus was the only thing that could make me truly happy. God used the leaders there to show me that I needed a life with Jesus. He said that with Jesus in my life, I could find peace and joy through the difficult times and security knowing that I would be with him in heaven. I knew then that I needed Jesus. So when the time came for me to pray and ask Jesus into my life, I didn't hesitate for a second. Since that moment, I can honestly say that I have felt a sense of peace. I have had more joy in my life. I have more understanding as to why things happen because ultimately God is in control. In no way am I perfect because I know that with Jesus in my life, I don't have to be perfect. I know that with Jesus, I'm forgiven and accepted by him. I want to be baptized today to show that I'm committed to living my life for Jesus because I love him with all of my heart. I want this to be a symbol of the life change that has happened to me in hopes that others may come to know the love of Jesus like I have. You know, when it comes to human behavior, one of the most influential factors involved is something called our self-perception or uh, the beliefs that we have about ourselves. You know, what's true about you and what's true about me is that if I believe that I can actually write a book, then I'm going to try to write a book. If I don't believe I can do it, then most likely I won't try. Or if I believe that I can run a marathon, if I believe that's something that I can actually do with my life physically, uh, I'm going to give it a shot. But if I don't believe that I can do it, if I'm one of those people that just, oh, I can never run a marathon, most likely I will never give it a shot. Isn't that true about you? See, self-perception is a huge idea when it comes to becoming a certain type of person or achieving certain results in your life. I mean, how many of you know someone in your life that has not reached their potential because of something called self-doubt? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Absolutely. They simply did not believe that they were the type of person who could do A or B, so they didn't give it a shot. On the other hand, how many of you know someone or you heard someone say after they've achieved something grand or some type of accomplishment and they were interviewed or you got to talk to them and they said, you know what, the reason I was able to do that is because I believed it was possible. Or I had a coach back in high school that believed in me. Or I had parents who instilled in me that, that I could do whatever I set my mind to. I hear that all the time. See, that's why it's almost impossible to pick up any book on personal growth or self-development that doesn't speak to this issue of believing in yourself and how important it is. Because it shapes the type of person you become, and it, it really is either a limiting factor in terms of what you accomplish with your life, or it sets you free. It's a catalyst to exponential growth in your life. Now, if that's true about the human experience, my life and your life, it should not surprise us that when we open the Bible, what we should see is a lot of information about who we are at the core level. Like what, what's true about you and I. If, if our personal beliefs about us really shape who we become and what we accomplish, we should expect to see a lot of, of scripture that speaks to our identity, and in fact, we do. And in fact, God went even beyond the scriptures, and we're going we're gonna to talk about the scriptures today and look at some very specific passages, but he even went beyond the scriptures and, and gave us this thing called baptism. He gave us a ritual, he gave us a ceremony that speaks directly into our identity as people of faith. See, <clears throat> if you put your faith in Jesus Christ... What's literally happened is you've become a new person. You have been forgiven of your sins. The Bible uses the term right, right from the mouth of Jesus. You've been born again. It says that you've been set free from sin. It says that you know, you're no longer a slave to sin. It says that you have been set apart. It says that you are holy. You are justified. There's, there's a lot of, of words that describe what has happened to you when you put your faith in Christ. But when we see someone get baptized, we see all of those words and all of those, those truths wrapped up in, into one event. See, when a person is baptized, what you're seeing there is, is the, the fundamental change that has happened at the core level. We're going to talk about that today. I want to look at a verse in, in Titus chapter 3. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter 
to some Christians, and he's explaining to them in detail what has happened to them at their core level. He's speaking to their identity and the type of people they've become. Let's look at uh, verse 5, chapter 3, verse 5. Paul says, he saved us, God saved us, not because of the righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. The first thing I want you to see here today about your salvation, if you put your faith in Christ, is that it is a gift. Paul simply says, hey, you know what's true about you? You're the type of person who has received a gift of mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is not receiving what you deserved. See, according to the gospel and the scriptures, what we deserved, what you deserve, what I deserve, is eternal separation from God. And instead of receiving that, you and I have received mercy. You see, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sins. He's the one that had the wrath of God poured out on him. And what did we receive? We received mercy. We receive grace. What is grace? Grace is something we didn't deserve. Grace is the forgiveness of sins. So the first thing Paul says is, hey, I want you to know something about the salvation that you've experienced. It is a gift. And what is the proper response to a gift? The proper response to a gift is simply gratitude. It's simply, wow, thank you, God. That, that, that it's not because of anything that I have done. It's not because I went to church or I got my act together or I, I started to tell the truth or I became a really good person. No, it's not because of any of the righteous things that I have done. It's simply because you've decided to show me mercy and I just want to say thank you. And so a huge part of our experience on the weekend here is to say thank you. Thank you for grace and thank you for mercy. You know what Paul says about you? You are the recipient of mercy. And gratitude ought to be the constant tone of your life. But he doesn't stop there. Look at, look at the next part of verse 5. He says, Jesus, God, he washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. I cannot underestimate the power of this truth. This is the greatest news in the universe. Your sin has been washed away. When you put your faith in Christ, every lie, every sin, every deceit, every, every outburst of anger or episode of jealousy or greed or gluttony or lust or whatever sins you struggle with, when a person puts their faith in Christ, all of those sins are washed away. This is incredible. You know, I know so many Christians who put their faith in Christ, but yet they walk around in guilt and shame. They walk around as if they're damaged, good because, damaged goods because of what they've done in their past. It's like they think of themselves as, you know, God has put me on the shelf and I, I can't be used anymore because of what I've done in the, in the past. That's hogwash. Those are lies. What's true about you if you put your faith in Christ is that you are washed the stain of sin has been removed from your soul. When God looks down on you, he sees purity and holiness in your life. I love the way this idea is explained clearly in Psalm chapter 103, verse 12. He has removed our sin as far, far from us as the east is from the west. Can I ask you a question here today? How far is the east from the west? Come on. Come on. How far, right? It's impossible to measure. That's how far God has removed our sin from us. Hey, when you watch a baptism, when you see someone get baptized, what you're seeing is a physical demonstration of this truth. That when you put your faith in Christ, your sin has been washed away. The water symbolically washes you. What's really washing you is the blood of Christ that's been spilled on the cross for you. That's the message. You know what's true about you? You are a recipient of mercy. You have had your sins washed away. Now, I know some of you are thinking, man, that is a good truth, and that is life-changing, and I, and I am thankful for that, and gratitude is in my heart, but I still struggle every day because I still tend to do the sins that I was forgiven of from the past. I know I put my faith in Christ, but, but I still sin, I still have problems, and I struggle, and I do the things that I don't want to do. Here's what I want to say to you. You're not alone. You're not alone. Even the greatest Christian to ever live struggled that way. It's the struggle that we all have on this journey of faith, this journey of becoming like Christ. Listen to how Paul explained it in Romans chapter 7. He said, I want to do what is good, but I don't. 
I, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Can you relate? There's these things that, that, we, that we don't want to do and we keep doing them. There's things we know we should be doing. We're not doing them. This is the struggle. What's the answer? What's the solution? Well, Paul tells us, if we can go back to Titus chapter 3 in verse 6, listen to what Paul says here. He says, he generously, or God generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. You want to know what the answer is to the current struggles you have with sin? It is the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit into your life. See, what's true about you when you put your faith in Christ is that God in the form of the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you, to dwell inside of you, to live inside of you. Now, I know that sounds kind of awkward, and, and maybe it's hard for you to understand how could God live inside of me. Well, I don't know how it all works, but I just know it's true that God now lives in you. He dwells in you, and He is the one that is going to help you overcome your current struggles with sin. Listen, the Apostle Paul was trying to explain this one time to a group of Christians in another letter that he wrote to 1 Corinthians, uh, to the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Listen to this. He's just trying to understand how, how amazing this truth is. He says, the, the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. How does that even work? How, how can I and you be one spirit with God? How can he live in me and live in you at the same time? I'm not sure, but it, it's true. That you are one spirit with him. He lives inside of you. And so how does that help you overcome your current struggles or your daily struggles with sin? Well, if you know the scriptures, if you've read them at all, you understand that as you learn to live with the spirit, awareness that you're one with him, as you learn to yield to him and walk with him and obey him and come underneath him and surrender to his leadership in your life, What's going to happen, according to Jesus in John chapter 16, verse 13, is that he is going to lead you into all truth. That he's going to guide you. That's one of, the, one of the major roles of the Spirit in my life, as he dwells in me and in your life, if you're a person of faith, is that he's guiding you into truth. Now, Jesus said that when we follow him and we keep his words inside of us, we're going to know the truth, and the truth will set us, what? Free. That's exactly right. He's going to set us free. What, what sets us free? It's the truth. It's free from what? Free from the power of sin in our life. All that plagues us. Whatever sins you struggle with, be them gossip or jealousy or, or alcohol, whatever it is you're struggling with, the truth will set you free. So what truth is the Spirit going to lead us to that's going to set us free from the power of sin? What is that? Well, it's this new relationship we have with sin. See, before you met Christ, sin was your master. Sin was in charge. Sin was the boss. You would have cravings, and your body would follow them. Your mind would speak to your emotions, which would influence your will, and then your body would follow. We talked about that in the Soul Keeping series, right? Sin was in charge in your soul. But now that you put your faith in Christ, that relationship has been severed. Here's your new relationship with sin. Watch this. You are dead to it. You, according to the gospel, when Christ died on the cross, when, he, when his blood was spilled, when he was, when he was buried three days, and when he rose again, he broke the power of sin in your life. You are now dead to sin and alive to God. Listen to how Paul explains it in a letter he wrote to another group of Christians in, in Rome. He says, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ. So that, so, that sin might not, so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Watch, he continues this. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. You see, the old person that we were before we met Christ has been crucified. There's been a, a, a breaking between us and sin. And we are now set free. It's, a, it's as if the cage, the prison cell has been opened up and we can walk out free from the power of sin in our lives. You know, Romans chapter 6, in the first, the beginning of it, Paul basically starts the letter, chapter 6 by saying, you know, what should we continue in sin that more grace shall abound in our lives? You know, if, the, if grace is, is deeper than the deepest ocean, why not just continue to sin is basically the argument. You know what his response was? He says, no way. God forbid. How can we who are dead to sin 
continue living in it. It's not the way it goes. What have I said today in the short time we have together? What have I said? Here's what I've said. Your self-perception, your belief about who you are is either a limiting factor or it is a catalyst for exponential growth. What I wanted to share with you today are some ideas presented to us through baptism that will lead to exponential growth in your walk and your journey with Christ. You are a recipient of mercy. That is who that is who you are. You have received a gift. You have been washed of your sin and you are dead to sin. And so when you see a baptism, which you're about to see a few baptisms right now, you have to let this message sink in. These people are going to be dunked into the water. They're going, to, they're going to come out of the water. That is symbolic of the gift that they're receiving, the death to their old nature, the washing away of their sin, being set free from the power of sin, coming up to newness of life through the Holy Spirit. And so how does that play out in your life? How does that help you tomorrow? Well, if you are washed from your sin, and the next time the devil or somebody else tries to remind you of past sins, things you've done in the past, you know how that happens. And then your tendency is to kind of like, oh yeah, then you feel guilty and you feel filled with shame and and then you don't feel like you can go any further because you're damaged goods. Next time that happens, what you can say, what you can say is, oh my God, I'm washed. <laughs> I'm clean. I, I, have, I have a clean slate. I'm holy. I'm righteous. I've been washed of my sins. And you can live above guilt and you can live above shame. And then the next time, you know, maybe it's even today, maybe it's tomorrow. The next time that temptation that usually trips you up or comes into your life, what, what, whatever it is with food or with gossip or with gambling, I don't know what your temptations are, everybody's got them, whatever they are. The next time that temptation rises up and you're tempted to go, go you know, sin, what you can say in that moment is, no, 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 I'm dead to sin. I'm, how can I live any longer in this? I'm alive to God. This is not the person I am anymore. I'm not the type of person who does those activities anymore. And you will experience victory over that sin. See, the gospel is not just about washing your sins away. It is about being delivered from the power of sin right now while you're living on this earth. That's powerful. That's what's true about you. I hope that that belief that self-perception will lead to exponential growth in your life. Now, I know there's a few of you here today that you've been invited by a friend and maybe you understood a little bit of what, what I just said and it's making a little bit of sense, but you wouldn't even say that you're a Christ follower. You, you wouldn't even say that, that you, you would, you're going to heaven when you die. Well, in a few moments here, after we see these folks baptized, you're going to have an opportunity to put your faith in Christ and to receive that newness of life, to have your sins washed away, to be set free from the power of sins. I hope, I hope that you'll take that opportunity and do that. Savior
a great service. What a great time baptism weekend is. Hope you guys enjoyed yourself today. So glad you're here. Uh, real quick before we go, I just want to acknowledge that somebody in here today probably heard something uh, in the stories or in the songs that we sang or maybe in the message, and you said, I want that. I want that. Maybe it was Carrie's story, uh, that, that story of, of a good life, and, and just she knew there was something else, something more. And you said, I want that. Maybe it was Dakota's story. Maybe it, was the, maybe it was the definition of mercy. Maybe you heard that for the first time today, not getting what you deserve. And you thought, I want that. Or being able to stand up to temptation. And you just said, I want that. Whatever it was, if that was you today, if you said, I want that, I get to tell you today, there's good news, you can have it. It's pretty easy, you can have it. As a matter of fact, God wants you to have it. The Bible tells us that God wants you to have a life that's full of love and joy and peace. He wants that for you. But what happens is sometimes the choices that we make, they separate us from God and the life that he wants for us. But he made a way to bring us back together with him. He sent his son, Jesus, to reconcile that relationship. And it's a simple process, really. What we need to do to reconcile that relationship is just acknowledge that the life that we've tried to make for ourselves, our effort alone is not enough. And that God has something to offer us and that we want that. We have to admit that we want what God has to offer. And then we just have to ask. We have to ask for his mercy. We have to ask for his forgiveness. We have to ask for a new start and a fresh relationship with him. So listen, if that was you today, if you said to yourself at any point, I want that. I want to give you an opportunity to start a new relationship with Jesus today. So let's all bow our heads and close our eyes and And if that was you, I just want you, right where you are, in the quietness of your own heart, just you and God, just repeat these words after me. God, I've messed up. The life I've made for myself is not what I wanted. I know now it's because the choices that I make can separate me from you and the life you want for me. God, I want what you have to offer. I want a life full of love and joy and peace and so much more. God, I don't completely understand everything, but thank you for sending Jesus to bring us back together. I ask now for your mercy. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to give me a new start, a new relationship with you. And I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer today, we don't want to embarrass you. But we do want to put a free gift in your hand. We want to give you one of these uh, New Testament Bibles. These things are really pretty cool. They're broken down into daily readings, into small bite-sized chunks. It takes about five minutes a day to read the, uh, the daily portion. And this is where you'll find out what God wants for your life. This is where you'll find out how to step into the life that God wants you to have. So before you leave today, if you'll go to the back of the room, back in the corner here on the right and the left, we have some folks that would love to put one of these in your hand. If you'll go back and just tell them that you prayed that prayer with us today, they'll put one of these in your hand. And you can start reading that today uh, when you get home and start learning about what God wants for your life. Hey, can we take just a minute, another second to celebrate what God has done here today? All right, let me, uh, let me just say a pray for, prayer for us and, uh, and we'll get out of here. Father, we love you. We thank you, for, uh, we thank you for being able to see how you're working here. Thank you for the life change that's going on all around us. Father, thank you for uh, the opportunities that we have uh, to see people grow and to see people take the next step in their spiritual journey. Father, this week, I just pray that you would give all of us the courage to step in to the new identity that you've given us, to step in with strength and courage, uh, to live for you and to bring your son glory. It's in his name we pray, amen.
Hey guys, we're planning something real special for you next week. You will not want to miss it. So come back and bring a friend.